Have you ever doubted your own self-confidence? Hmm. Being over 50, I'm not sure I can count all the times I have. Going through a divorce, questioning if I chose the right career after already devoting 10 years of my life to it, and then dating as a single mom. I'm not as young, maybe I don't look as pretty. The questions just keep coming. Whether it's self-doubt on our life choices or our surroundings or our appearance, it creeps in. Join us here as we share tips and stories of how to grow your own confidence inside and out with experts who have also experienced the highs and lows of self-confidence. I'm your host, Kelly Buckley, and this is the Beautifully Confident Podcast. Well, hi, I want to welcome Doris Birch back. She was one of our podcast launch partners. So now we're on episode 16. If you want to check her out, she is on episode number eight. You can hear just a little bit about her, but we're going to dive in a little bit deeper today. So let me tell you about Doris. She is the fabulous Doris Birch. She's a fashion lifestyle content creator. And she has a style blog called findyourfabfactor.com because what you wear affects the way you show up in life. So welcome, Doris. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Kelly. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be back. Thank you. Do you want to tell us your story? How did you evolve to being, uh, to founding Find Your Fab Factor? So I always say that I was born at my mom's womb as a fashion girl. I mean, it's in my DNA. And so I majored in fashion merchandising in college and pursued my career in fashion and, and sort of deviated it in some ways. Hopefully, I may say a little bit more about that as we go further. But then I, you know, I took, I got out of the retail field and then I went into the corporate offices and Sort of just what really is that settled version of yourself, you know, because I always say is that status quo that doesn't look like it's a settled life, but it's a settled life because it's still in the status quo. And the status quo can look really good when you're in it because it the job was great. The career was great. And yet it wasn't the dream. It wasn't the thing that I believe I was really meant to be here to do. And I kept having this nudge within myself for years that there was something else calling me. And it was in October of 94 that I just came home one day and I just started praying and journaling. And just that whole question I kept asking myself was like, what else? is there? What else? Because I follow the path mostly. And when I say mostly, it means, you know, I was really supposed to be in New York and Paris and all that stuff after I graduated. But I also was afraid. And my parents were afraid for me to be exploring the world in that way. And so I settled for a dimmed down version of that and just went back home and did the career that I did while I was there with the with the feeling inside of, oh my gosh, I really wish I had. So I knew what that was like. And I, you know, it would have just been fabulous. However, I didn't live that version at that time. And so I felt like that nudge was like always reminding me there was something more 
I just didn't know what the more was and what it was going to look like at the way I had created my life at that time. Wow. So I'm just curious to ask a little bit further. So what was that nudge? Like, what were the voices in your head saying? What was that nudge? So the, the thing was, it was like over and over and over again, I would say, what am I really here to do? What is, what's the more? What is the thing? And one day, as I said, it was October 1994. I come home, I'm sitting on my bed, I'm journaling, I'm praying. And this time I hear the voice of God in my soul. It's like to me that Moses burning bush moment where you're like, you're hearing the voice inside of your soul. And it said simply, Doris, you will be on a platform empowering women to be the highest version of who I created them to be. And I was like, okay, it sounds really amazing. And I don't know how to do that. And I don't have a voice, you know, because I was on the track that you went to school to get degrees to do stuff. So I didn't know if there was a degree for having women be on a platform empowering them to be the highest version of who they were craving to be. And how was I going to do it? Who was I? You know, and it's so interesting that when you get this download of who you're supposed to be, you then question it which is so phenomenal that you have the audacity to question who it is you're really supposed to be because you've been such a settled version of yourself that this really, I can empower women to be more. Yeah. So it stayed with me. I packed it up. You would think I would have instantly ran out and tried to figure out how to do it. But what happened was maybe a month later, the vision a physical vision of that, I saw it. I saw what it looked like to be on a stage empowering women. It resonated with my soul. And once I saw what it looked like, then I was like, okay. But I packed it away very nice and neatly back inside of me. And it wasn't until eight years later that I thought, hmm, maybe we should really see what that's about. And I was brave enough to venture and try whatever was going to happen. And I ventured into, I uh, left the corporate space and I went into direct sales. Wow. So you just had that voice kept coming in there and you denied it for a little bit. Wow. Okay. So what was your next step then to take that next step? And I'm asking for our listeners who are also having that voice of, I'm meant to do something more, maybe in fashion or something creative. And maybe that's not the steps they were led to. What are the next steps you took to get yourself into the fashion industry and empowering women? Well, here's the thing. The thing that I eventually stepped into had appeared in my life two times before between that moment I got that voice in my soul in the in the moment I finally said, I'm going to step into this. It came. And that will always happen. When you know you're here to do something more, it will show up as an opportunity. It depends if you can see it as an opportunity and a growth for you and you step into it, which generally requires you to invest in yourself money. Mm, yes. Investing <laughs> money in you believing in you so much that you will put your own money in an opportunity for you to grow. Instead of looking at it from a lot of people look at opportunities because they do require you to give up some financial investment, some time investment, some energy investment, some everything investment 
and they don't want to do it. The money scares them and stuff. So the first thing is you're going to have to most likely, everybody I know who has shifted had to invest money for the shift. It's somehow investing the money in an opportunity or in an experience allows you to see things that you just can't see. You're then prepared and your eyes get wide open. And that was, that literally blew my mind because I got to see women from all walks of life. The ultimate confident empowerment company for women on the planet that really enforced women to shine. And when you realize you haven't been doing that, even as good as, you know, like I said, the status quo of a career, but if you're not being fully you in that corporate career, because you're not, and there's no way you can be because you have to adapt to the environment. But when you go in an environment that absolutely requires you to evolve and expand who you are, because you start seeing women who have done it, game change and that's what happened it was the whole game change and I was like oh my goodness because it defied what I was taught it defied everything because women from all walks of life step into direct sales network marketing it's no you got to have a disagree or net if you step into these area in this container and I think that's the best container in the world for people to step into because it comes with so much growth tied into it. So people get confused. It's not the product. It's the growth. It's the education. It's the learning. It's seeing women shift. And that was the game changer for me. And from there, you know, stepped into creating my own coaching business, publishing business, and now fashion influencer business, all because that gave me so much confidence in myself, to know myself, to really tap into me. So that was the journey. So it required people to invest. The first step, invest in an opportunity that you love. I love beauty. That makes sense for me, you know, or if you don't even know what you love, just try it. And if something comes to you, then it's meant for you and then step into it. It'll figure out, you know, it says, if, what is that statement? Like, I don't know. It's like, take one step and the next stair uh, appears. Yes, absolutely. You can only take one step at a time. If you're looking at the whole staircase, you got it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I'm going to shift a little bit because you were definitely, you know, into the the fabulous factor. So I want to hear about that. You have a book called The Little Black Book of Being Fabulous. So can you tell us a little bit about that and why it's important for women to look and feel fabulous? Well, you know, I think that confidence and feeling fabulous is powerful. And we define fabulous as that euphoric feeling. And when I say we, my company, we define fabulous as that euphoric feeling that owning your power and living it can bring. So fabulous is everything you wanted to be, do, and have. And when you tapped into owning and living in your own power, that gives you the ability to really elevate your fat factor and your confidence because you can then walk in any room virtually or physically and you can own the room because you own who you are and so your vibrational energy field will just explode and people will see you and so it's all about presence because my book the little black book of being fabulous really does talk about the self-awareness 
of your presence. And it's like a little short seven little chapter book to give women a little kick in the butt on just owning who they are and being confident in that you choose to be confident. You choose, you work on yourself so you can choose this, this way of being. And I, you know, give little tidbits and stories just about me, you know, dancing and modeling and working in the field of fashion and just, you know, how I built my confidence. It started young for me, you know, so I was at it a long time. So now when you see me, it's, it's, like brushing your teeth, but you still have to grow into and you have to, you know, get past any fears and doubts and any resistance that you have. Absolutely. So do you have some tips for our listeners of stepping into their fab factor? Yeah. So, you know, the fab of fabulous is an acronym. And so the first three are the most powerful ones. The F is for faith. The A is for awareness and the B is believe. It is no way you can really tap into the truth of who you are, being fully you and fully confident if you have not really mastered believing in you, really in the awareness of your inherent creative power, who you've been created to be, and then having the faith, faith in yourself, but also from the spiritual perspective, it says all you need is faith the size of a mustard seed and you can move mountains. And so mustard seed size, faith in what it is you want to do, who it is you want to be and what it is you want to have. The awareness that you have this creative inherent power within yourself to activate all things and the belief in you and the things you want to create. Those are the things, those three things support you in really having, being, and doing and creating your most fabulous life. So it's that, those are the three things. I love that. Absolutely. So, so kind of speaking on the fashion side of things, so where would you tell our listeners to start? Do you have a coaching program around that? If someone's trying to elevate their look, is that, do you find that to be an important thing? Yeah, I do. I always say, and I know people get so triggered when I say this, but I really mean it. When If you are a woman 35 or older and you find yourself, if you were attending an event or anything, or you find yourself saying, I don't know what to wear then that is an indication to me that you are a woman who does not know who you are. Because when you know who you are, you know what to wear. It does not matter what it is you're wearing. If it's an extension of you, then you know what to wear in any room. It, it does not matter what anyone else is wearing. It only matters what you're wearing. So I tell women they really need to get in tune to the truth of who it is they want to be. Who is she? What about her is you that you want to step into? And when you know who she is and you give yourself permission to step into that version of yourself, then that woman will know exactly how she wants to look, what clothes she wants to wear. And that's the tip. But, you know, most people are triggered by me saying that. So then they want to be resistant to that. But it's really true. Know who you are in every area, what you really like, who you really want to be. But most women are not being who they really want to be. So that woman doesn't know what to wear. And so she goes into a room and she doesn't feel confident in what she has on. And she makes a whole story about it. Now, figure out who it is you want to be. Give yourself permission to be her and be her. And then that woman knows how she wants to look because you've decided, you know, you can look through a whole bunch of magazines and you can look through, you know, Instagram, social media sites, and you can 
see something, you can look through and then the thing that hits you and you're like, okay, that's the version of myself. She, she will wear that. And so you start putting that into your mind. And that's really how they, and you can create a whole mood board around this is what, this version of myself, this is how she dresses. And when you create that mood board, then you know those things will, will speak to you when you go shopping. Wow, that's great. So what are some steps that you would tell our listeners to take to figure out who are we that we would now start to define how we would dress, how we would show up? I don't know if I'll use that one. That may be too extreme. <laughs> We're good with extreme. <laughs> You're good with extreme. So I like to do this one. People get triggered by this too. And I just did it in a talk I was talking about. So say, for example, you want to be, and this is like if you're an entrepreneur and you want to create this million dollar business. Well, to create this million dollar business, what do you look like? Who is she? How does the millionaire version of yourself dress? Not your preconceived notions of what you have seen other people who are at that level dress. How would your version of her dress? And that's true to you. The only way you can start looking at other, and I know I said it before, you can look at images and things, but you've got to still know who she is first before you can look at any images. You've got to decide who you want to be. So if you decided you wanted to be a millionaire entrepreneur and have this millionaire business, where does she live? How does she dress? What does she eat? What does she drive? All of those things are components. So I'm going to use this example because I mentioned it earlier and that will make sense because, because they're they're brilliant at it. So I said when I left corporate America, I went into Mary Kay Cosmetics. Mary Kay Cosmetics has set a foundation. They are brilliant. They wanted to keep women being very professional. So if women hadn't been used to being professional, they didn't adapt to using professional. So when you at certain levels, you wear a black skirt and a white shirt to our meetings. So that taught women who weren't used to wearing professional clothes to come in with stockings, heels, a black skirt and a white shirt. It was a uniform. It was discipline. It was teaching a woman to be self-care enough about her appearance. Then as she evolves in the Mary Kay world, then if she goes up the ranks, she becomes a sell, a red jacket. Then you add a red jacket on with your white shirt and your black skirt, your black heels and your holes. And I believe in the holes. I'm from that generation. They really do make you look amazing in clothes. So they absolutely I know. do. <laughs> yeah. And then from that next level, if you go into sales director, there's a suit. You get a sales director suit. It's a uniform look and you look amazing, impeccable. And then you get to the next level. National gets a different suit. I use this as the analogy because Mary Kay as a company decided, Mary Kay Ash knew women needed support in how they were going to dress. Because if they were unsure and not confident, they would not want to wear it. So she took that off. She took that away. She gave she gave you a uniform so you can then, so you start growing into your appearance. Then she, they added brilliantly, brilliantly, they added a car program. So if you keep rising up the ranks, you get a car. It starts to empower you. This version of yourself who's in this particular level, she drives this car. And then you grow into the ultimate car, which is the pink Cadillac, because it signifies luxury, 
and excellence and all that. And the women who drive it, they feel good and they look amazing. And people see them on the road and they see them and they're confident. That is, if you want an example, even you don't have to go up Mary Kay to look at it. You can just find a consultant, go in there or see, or see them on the road. You will notice them. You can follow a pink Cadillac driver in the store. Follow her. Don't say, if you see a pink Cadillac, I carry, I swear, go in and you will know who she is. You will instantly know who she is. There is an air of how she's carried herself, but she's learned it. And so that's, I don't know where I was going with this and I went somewhere with it, but that's really how you do it. You There's a process evolving. And that, I think, because I was a part of it and I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not here to sell any Mary Kay to anybody because I don't do that. But I'm just saying it taught me and but it teaches me and anybody how to be, how to really tap into being. Then you discover who you are. Yeah. Yes. Plug in for Mary Kay Cosmetics. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But how you started it, definitely. So I will bring you back to what I believe your point was. <laughs> Is that we need to envision ourselves to where we want to be and dress like that person. Yes. Not the person we are today. <laughs> We are where we are for a reason, and that will help us move ahead is to picture that and then start acting like it. You just start acting that way. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was following right along. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Jarvis. it's easy for you, Kelly, because you really represent, I can tell you represent a beautifully confident woman. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I saw that you would like to promote, you're promoting your little black book of being fabulous. So can you tell us where people can find it? Who are the people that want to grab that book? The person who wants to grab that book is a woman who wants to really step into being more confident, more self-aware, understanding the power of her presence really would benefit from the little black book of being fabulous. And you can find it on Amazon. And I think there'll be a link in the show notes for that. So, yep. And so all of the links to find Doris will be in our show notes. So you can grab that. So if you're driving and you can't write that down, don't worry, you can grab those in there. So I have one last question for you. Is there a dream that you haven't realized yet in life? Is there something that you're you're still envisioning for your life? Oh, that's a great question, Kelly. Actually, I stepped into it this year, to be perfectly honest. I, you know, I mentioned I was a fashion major and I still have that deep dream of what I had always envisioned my fashion career to be. But, you know, here we are many, many years later from that younger version self. And I was like, I still hadn't really tapped into it. And I started to, in 2018, I started to ask myself, how can I start exploring this? And that's when I created the, the style blog. But then, you know, I still was running my other parts of my business. So I just didn't have the mental capacity to really focus on it. But somehow this year after my birthday, it's in March, I was like, I really have this voice for women to really tap in and find their fat factor. And especially as women get older, I find it get really lost in who they once really were. Can they, they start finding these, these proverbial rules for women as we age fabulously that we're supposed to, you know, forget who we really are and get in this little box the way society has said, this is how you get when you start getting older. And I'm like, no, no, I don't appreciate that box at all. And I think that uh, women should fight that box. And so I was like, okay, well, 
I think I will step into being a fashion content creator and a fashion influencer and have a voice and and show people that they can have their own sense of style and and understand style, you know, and in their beingness and you don't have to fall into this trap. And so that's my dream, creating a fashion content influencer side of my business, which has literally been the most best thing I could have ever done because simply when you really tap into the truth of who you are and you are living in your dream, you know, as you're growing the dream, there's still so many components. But just because I gave myself permission, I will tell you, my creativity has come back that I didn't even know was gone. So wow. when you think you're being who you're being, you're not really being her until you really tap into your dream. And the and thing was, I had a coach say to me, you no longer, you don't have any more time to be living the wrong life. Even if in the wrong life, you're doing fabulous things like I was, but if it wasn't the dream, if you hadn't tapped into the dream and that really stirred my soul. And so I was like, this is the dream. We're just building this dream and little and crit. And I was like, and that's how I know my creativity wasn't where it was because it's come back and I didn't even know it was lost. Oh my, I love that. So yeah, and I love that because yes, there are some of us over 50 that do feel exactly what you described, that we're not what we used to be. Should we be dressing this way or that way? What should we change? So, oh my gosh, that you are going to help millions of women with their thoughts and and helping boost their being beautifully confident. So I love that. So yes, I thank you for being here today. So if listeners, if you heard anything that you thought, oh my gosh, this would help me so much with stepping into my fabulousness, please check out the show notes and find Doris so that she can help you stepping into your fab factor and starting to create the life that you love today. Don't wait. If you didn't catch that from her, you need to go back and listen. That was a huge theme I heard. Thank you so much, Doris. Thank you so much, Kelly. I love being here. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Beautifully Confident Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review and share this with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you in your beauty and confidence journey, visit my website at beautifullyconfidentpodcast.com.